Right, okay, let's it. Kevin, at this point, I don't think the disinfectant's going to work. You're going to have to use bleach. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Podquisition. My name is Jim Sterling, and I am joined, as always, by the delightful Laura. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm okay. I've been up since 3am and we are recording early and as soon as this is done I'm going to go pass out probably but I'm I'm <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'm trying to draw the energy up. Uh, so it's going to be a good show, I guarantee you, mostly because Gavin's here. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. <laughs> good morning, afternoon. I, I, I don't know if I resent you for saying mostly because Gavin's here. Now like I feel like my place on the podcast is less valuable. <laughs> I was just desperately trying to get, because we always have this chat about how we're doing before we bring Gavin in, and I'm like, <laughs> I've got to try and find a smooth way of doing it, but instead, I just insulted one third of the show. It's fine, it's fine, I'll take this opportunity to go, I, I've got better things to do, I'll go interview Frank Iero then. Ugh. That's true, you're interviewing that fellow from My Chemical Romance. Yeah, and now he does the singing the angry rock punky songs. So he he sings. He has an entire album that's come out that is basically him angrily screaming about a bad breakup. And I'm going to interview him about that. Yay! <laughs> nice. Um, I do like musicians that just focus on a thing, like Theory mm. of a Dead Man. Who it's basically like like the knockoff little brand version <laughs> of um, uh, Chad Kroger's thing. <laughs> What were they called again? Oh, Nickelback. Nickelback, that's it. I don't know why I blanked <laughs> on them. Um, but yeah, they're the little version of that, and all they ever sing about is a woman leaving them. Like, that. that's it. Yeah. I'll be honest, as much as I like the, this Well, to be uh, fair, you heard what happened when album. Nickelback tried to do politics last year. Am I lagging behind this week? I feel like I'm lagging behind. I, I think you are lagging behind this week. <sighs> We'll okay. have to make do. Note, note for the audience, if I sound slow today, it's because I'm lagging behind these two. So they can talk over me even more than usual. We'll, we'll, we'll cut around stuff, we'll make it sound fine, so, yeah. We will make sure that editing ensures you are not the slow one, Gavin. No, you can make sure yeah. the editing portrays it as it is, that I'm behind you guys. <laughs> no, no, we're going to make it... We'll just make nothing. It'll, it'll be a nothing. No one will know anything. Yeah, we definitely do not, like, put secret edits in every week for have you slagging off Ubisoft and saying that Assassin's Creed yeah. is more like Assassin's it's, Creed the band. It's, here's the thing. You're not actually lagging behind us. Um, all that happens is that we pretend that we can't hear you when we talk over you sometimes. And then uh, when it comes to the edit, I just kind of move your audio track back slightly so that you sound a bit slow. It's all in yeah. the editing, really. It's it's just to, because people have come to expect a certain dynamic now, and we can't fuck with dynamics. I changed the colour of my tie one episode of Jimquisition, and there's a riot in the streets of YouTube. Um, but anyway, uh, what the hell were we talking about? Oh yes, Nickelback. Uh, to be honest, I like that disco song they did. Yeah, I, I remember I liked that band when I was about 13. And then they made a song about a photograph, and I was like, oh, oh, I see what everyone's been saying. Oh, this photograph! Every, Every time, time I do it, it makes me laugh. Recently, Nickelback, like, gave up the last, like, I think they had one fuck left to give, like, sometime last they year. They did, like, a and, song about uh, the NSA and stuff. <laughs> At some point, they just, like, gave it up. They they just, like, Chad Kroger was digging around in his pocket and was like, oh, I found my last fuck, and then just <laughs> threw it in a bin, put it on a fence or something. Um, and then they did a disco song, which everyone said was terrible, but I just found it glorious. Like, like they've clearly stopped caring. Uh, and it's... I, Nickelback not caring is way better than Nickelback caring, and I hope they never care again. Speaking of people the, not caring about The living proof of Tyrion's anymore. theory about... Um, how you 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 must embrace your flaws and no one can use them against you. <laughs> well, having sp speaking of people who you know, uh, sorry, what was my segue? You made me forget my segue with your slowness. Fucked up. Oh, I'm so. What was my, seg Laura, what was my so segue? Sorry, did I interrupt did you? I interrupt I'm you? so <laughs> sorry. What was what was my bloody segue? <laughs> Gavin, you're fucking with the dynamic again. We interrupt you. You're gonna Jim, turn this whole Jim, thing on its what head. was the segue that I said that I've cut out in the edit? I can't. Re I can't remember. Um, talking about shitty things being shitty. Oh, that's clearly as good a segue. Um, Konami's been a bit shitty this week. There Have we go. They? 
Yeah, they've been a bit shitty this week. That's breaking character for Konami. Oh, I know. Konami, Konami have done some weird things this week. So I'm going to talk about the weird things they've done because uh, this is just getting better and better. Anything connected to Kojima. So people were a bit worried about Kojima's involvement on Silent Hills for a while. Um, his name got taken off of the Silent Hills website. It got patched out of PT. Um, a voice actress said that he'd been fired and then all sorts of things start happening. And this, this week had a few things that updated on this story, which were that PT got delisted from PSN. Guillermo del Toro said, yeah, PT, that's not happening anymore. Um, the actor from off of the walking dead said, Oh, I'm really disappointed that, you know, Silent Hills isn't happening anymore. I was looking forward to that. And it's all a bit sort of, wait, 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 is this not happening? And Konami gave some very bullshitty answers at first that were very much like, our contract period with this actor has ended. We look forward to future announcements regarding the Silent Hill series. And then eventually they were like, fuck it, we killed Silent Hills. You know the best, you know the best horror thing that we've made in like a long time? Yeah, forget that. Fuck that. Silent Hill is dead. At the very least, they can give it back to Team Silent. What was going? Mm. There has to be some reason for this. I mean, could did they run out of brown M&Ms for Kojima or something? Uh, did they well, just... i tell you what the, the reason is, is that Konami is Konami. And that's generally the reason. Well, no, you're overlooking the other reason, which is that Kojima is involved in the product and it's 2015, because this hasn't been a good year for him and products. Well, that is true. Um, I mean, the th- but then, I mean, you look at the thing, right? Because like I actually did uh, part of the reason why I've been up so early, because um, I haven't stopped since I got up at three. I did an extra gymquisition this week um, called Konami is Konami, where I detail Konami's <laughs> history of, of, um, of just... just not quite understanding Man, Konami, that it's Konami a game and, publisher. and Steam gave you a, a, a silver platter this week, didn't they, Jim? <laughs> I haven't been able to move for content. Yeah. Um, well, I was a bit upset because they, they backpedaled on the mod thing, which we didn't even get to discuss. Um, mm. you know, we'll talk about it later. Um, the mod thing, they backpedaled like a few hours after that first video I did went up. I did a video on Steam mods and then it went away and then my video was obsolete. Um, and I, that kind of itched away at my head for the past two days. <laughs> so I said, fuck it, I'll do the Konami one now. We'll do it now. Uh, so yes, I went over some of their biggest mistakes, including um, you know I'll briefly list them. You can see the more detailed explanation in the the Inquisition episode, um, including uh, releasing the Metal Gear Solid HD collection on the same day as Modern Warfare Three, mm. uh, and releasing it in such limited quantities that I couldn't find them in stores. The limited edition version was not available in my state at all, and the thing was rarer than gold in the United Kingdom. Um, there's also a game called Blades of Time, produced by the lovable Tuck Fuji, who couldn't even find a copy of his own game when it went live <laughs> in the US. Um, that was amazing. And uh, that game was announced, the release date for it was announced a week before it came out. And the copies were actually available in shops the week after it's launch day. Uh, so that was a, a complete mess. They didn't promote it in any way. They didn't um, advertise it in any way. Destructoid actually did more promo material for it than Konami did because at that time I decided, fuck it, named myself head of Konami's PR and started actually marketing their games <laughs> for them to show them that some some blogger in the middle of Mississippi can do their job better than them. So I actually exposed all of this information about Blades of Time, did all of this these... Um, um, sort of gameplay details and discussions and info blasts on it that Konami wasn't doing and it took me like 10 minutes at the most to do. Um, talks about how the fact that they're impossible to get hold of um, not just with Destructoid but a lot of game press have trouble ever communicating with Konami because one hand doesn't know what the other hand's doing um, so they're terrible at that. They announce pre- they actually announce their games days after the games have come out. Uh, that's another thing they do. Uh, Silent Hill has just been a mess for years. I mean we all know that with the amount of developers that it changes hands with but then we have things like 2012's month of madness which was madness <laughs> of a different stripe it wasn't quite the madness they were expecting it was more the madness of holy fuck do you really mean you're going to try and release three silent hill games in three weeks 
which is what they tried to do. They turned March, they tried to saturate the market with their own content in March, where they had three games coming out over the course of one month. Of course, it failed. One of them got uh, delayed. Um, but they tried to do Silent Hill Downpour, the Silent Hill HD Collection, and Book of Memories all at the same time. Uh, Silent Hill HD Collection, of course, was a complete fucking disaster. It was full of audio bugs. It was full of graphical errors. They removed the fog from Silent Hill 2, showing all the unfinished areas. The developer that were working on it actually worked from unfinished code because um, they Konami had lost the original code of Silent Hill 2. This company had one job to do. One fucking job. Just re-release the greatest game ever made. And they somehow fucked it up because Konami is Konami. Um, sp- speaking of Book of Memories, they did no promotion for that. Uh, WayForward reached out to me for an interview to um, cover the game and then help them do some promotional stuff uh, just because they wanted to talk to someone about it and I was as good a person as any and Konami wouldn't greenlight the interview uh, because Konami is Konami and the developer was desperate to actually get this thing out the producer wanted this thing out it was a really good interview and Konami just stayed quiet so then I did my first Jimquisition on Konami uh, called them all a bunch of idiots who don't know how to do games industry uh, business properly and then they blacklisted me and then I published the article anyway because fuck them uh, and i'm still blacklisted by them and uh, konami's a load of rubbish so in other words jim they treat you the same as every other journalist <laughs> they don't talk to you <laughs> jim do you need a hug it sounds like you need a hug right now actually i feel i feel good it's it's, it's always fun to talk about konami like i used to be really pissed off by them like in 2012 when i did my first konami video i was furious and exasperated and now i now i care about as much as konami does you know, like, because oh, Konami yeah. doesn't give it a It feels kind of sad more than anything. It's like watching a kitten run into a glass door over and over again, and you're trying to, like, say, no, don't do that. And you pick it up and put it over in the other side of the room, and no, it just keeps smashing its face into the glass door. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that even then, the kitten's determined to do something. Mm. At this point, I don't think Konami cares. I think that's the biggest issue. Because um, only Konami would have, I said this on Twitter and I said it on the video, only Konami could have Del Toro, Kojima, Re- <clears throat> and Silent Hill in one package of internet excitability. <laughs> yeah, and just still totally fuck it up. Uh, and I honestly think the reason, like a lot of people want to know what's going on with Konami, I, I honestly think the reason they don't care anymore. Mm. The CEO, according to Super Bunny Hop, who did a really um, impressive uh, video on the situation, um, the CEO is going on some power trip rampage and restructuring and everything. I think they honestly make more money with their slot machines and the pachinko machines and all the sort of gambling stuff in Japan. Um, possibly that's the reason why they delisted from the U.S. Stock Exchange too, because yeah, well, they yeah, just exactly. don't give a fuck anymore. Like, what? It's what? What is it worth? Is it worth the effort to release things in America when you can create a gambling machine, leave it, and it produces money for you? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I honestly think that. So what's this now? They create um, like uh, fruit machines and stuff, do they? In in Japan, they do like ga- gambling machines, but okay. I think they also like they make bottled water and things. Like they have their hands in so many things in Japan. It's they're weird. probably looking at modern culture and saying physical stuff is probably a safer bet. Possibly. Mm. I mean, it just I, it, it's quite clear that they just they've got no respect for mm. video games and the stuff they did in video games. I think they'll probably still keep their hand in, but they're clearly just from their behaviour, they're just not invested in it anymore. I mean, they say they're committed to continuing Metal Gear, but they'll probably just do what they did to Silent Hill and just farm it out to fucking studios like. Like, I listed, actually, sort of the studios they might want to, to consider to carry on Metal Gear Solid after Kojima. Will they let uh, someone Rebellion? continue it, though? Or do you think they'll hold on to it, like... Oh, no, they, they, well, they said they're committed to continuing it. Okay. Um, yeah. If, if it's anything like Silent Hills, they will just hand the keys over to anyone once they decide, okay, we're done with what we want to do with this. You can make whatever the hell you want now. Mm. Unless it's Dementium 2, because apparently Dementium 2 was going to be a DS Silent Hills game. And they were just like, <coughs> nope. Yeah, well, they used to care. That's the thing. I mean, they, yeah. the thing about Konami is they uh, they wanted oversight with the original Silent Hill movie. Like, they, they, they really did give a shit about protecting that brand. And then just stopped caring, uh, which is why Silent Hill Revelations 3D can happen now. And, um, you know, it's gone through all of these different studios that don't quite get it. I mean, I thought Downpour was okay, but I didn't like Homecoming at all. Mm. And... 
Yeah, they'll, they'll just do the same with Metal Gear because I think they honestly just care about having the brand name and putting it on shelves. Uh, so, yeah, post-Kojima, I don't think they've got any shame or any worry about just giving it to someone like Rebellion or uh, a fucking Gearbox or even the slaughter, uh, Slaughtering Grounds guys. Just give it to them. <laughs> let them do something with it, you know? Oh, goodness. Yeah, Konami, uh, I don't know what's going on with them now. They are just... They are a big part of this weird puzzle that's been going on with just the games industry this last couple of weeks where it's like oh yeah these projects they're just kind of falling apart around everyone and no one quite knows behind the scenes what's happening yeah i mean at least we've still got the witcher yeah (laughs) thank fucking christ um but yeah i mean between konami and valve like it's been a hectic fucking week there was a cute little comic on dorkly that was like showed angry gamers rebelling outside (laughs) of valve's offices complaining about mods angry gamers rebelling about um um, Silent Hills being cancelled then it cuts to two executives and they're like do you hear that? And he's like hear what? Silence! And then it's just a shot of outside EA's offices with no one outside um, so yeah definitely the usual suspects have been given uh, a break yeah, like, I don't sure. even feel like it slagging so, off Ubisoft man, this it, it was a surreal experience seeing uh, Gabe and being downvoted completely oh goodness yeah how the mighty have fallen (laughs) that's probably why they reversed it they were fine with people being angry because people are always angry about things steam have done but as soon as soon as gabe was worried that his reddit credentials were at risk he's like (laughs) turn this ship around exactly yeah well for for anyone who missed this like this happened just after we recorded last week's um podquisition and basically, Valve opened up paid for mods for various games on Steam, and I think they started with Skyrim. They debuted so, with Skyrim, yeah. Yeah, so you could start, you could charge for your mods through Steam and use their payment methods to get paid. And there were a lot of things that have been discussed. Allegedly, Valve were taking a seventy-five percent cut of any profits on sales, and all that stuff was going on. But the big thing was the first paid mod that got put up was a mod that had assets stolen from someone else's free mod used in it. And as such, the person who made this free mod was like, no, I don't want you using my my free assets in your paid mod. And everyone started fighting, and everything exploded a little bit. And That Valve... was to be expected. <sighs> I mean, yeah, Gabe, Gabe Newell did a, a Reddit AMA, and basically it was a lot of him saying things like, Oh, well, um, if people don't pay for mods, then how will the modding community ever know what's popular and what they should be working on? It's like, well, they've been, the modding community's been fine for 20 years have, without has having, he not to, seen Nexus? having to have payment involved. Nexus yeah, exactly. has, like, like a, a list of the most popular mods, like, and it shows ha- yeah. how much each one has been downloaded. It's almost That's, like the community knows what the fuck it's doing. And it has yeah. a donate well, that... button as well, which mm. I've used because, I mean, I personally think mod makers do deserve to... If they're if something they create brings you a lot of enjoyment and enriches your life, then I will happily donate them some money for that. People love to portray gamers as entitled, you know, mm. and say that. I mean, that's what a lot of people said about the the outcry about the paid mods. But I mean, this the Jimquisition is proof that people are willing to pay if it's something they believe in, and mm. donate buttons on the Nexus and all this kind of stuff prove that there are many gamers out there who will reach into their pockets to keep supporting something that's brought them enjoyment. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, to just write this off as entitlement, I feel, is a very lazy argument, and yeah. it's one that's tried out way too much. Mm. Well, it's, it's, it's difficult, because like in theory, had this been enacted properly... This could have been really good for mod creators because it could have been a very official looking way of saying, look, this is definitely like the person who made the mod. Do you want to make sure the money goes to them through a secure payment set- system? There we go. We've got Valve's infrastructure. And like, I would do that because I've done that in the past. I paid for, I donated some money to people who made mods for, um, uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines that fix that game that and make it, it playable. playable. <laughs> Yeah, and like I gave them money because I was like, "You've done a fantastic job, better than the developers." Here you go, and I mean that's what really <sighs> yeah. rubbed me the wrong way about this. Um, I mean, a lot of things rubbed me the wrong way because it was just a, a mess of a system. But that idea that like like the seventy five percent 
take goes to a split between Valve and Bethesda, and the modder gets 25%. But theoretically, this means if it were to go, well, you know, um, widespread across Steam, a, de- a developer or a publisher could throw out a shitty, poorly optimized, broken mm. game, a modder would fix it, and then the publisher can just sit back yeah. and get some money yeah. off. The publisher will rake in money from fixes to their game, and that's, that's the why bloody it irony me of it. That the, like, people outside of the modding community, like, the stuff that was getting thrown out there was like, oh, look what modders are making horse penises. And it's like, okay, that's all funny and everything. But when there's modders like Gopher who make, like, the Sky UI or, no, um, the Immersive HUD, rather, and the, there's the other guy who made the Sky UI, things that actually make the game better are the guy who fixed Dark Souls on PC by himself and made it able to run at 60 frames. I mean, these are the re- these are the modders that I think really deserve to to get paid by the community because they're they're making the games mm. objectively better. Yeah, I mean, uh, people like Durante who um, did the Dark Souls fix and the Deadly Premonition fix, um, like so quickly as well. Mm. Uh, just putting actual paid developers to shame, and I definitely feel like if. You know, if there's a way to reward them, then reward them. Mm. And if they've got donate buttons, I think Durante on his site um, may have like a PayPal thing. Um, definitely consider it. Like this conversation yeah. should not be, you know, all paid mods are evil, and any modder who wants paying is a sellout. Um, we should definitely consider that Valve's track rec- track record and Valve's methods of implementation are a huge fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we should not discount the idea entirely um, of, of well, finding it, a way for content yeah. creators of any It comes down to the, the art should yeah. be a hobby argument, doesn't it? Which my stance mm. has always been, if somebody creates something that enriches your life through enjoyment and entertainment, then pay them for it. It's a, it's, it's, it's a big mess, really. It is just one of these things that... I, th- I think the way that I've I've been looking at it this week is that Valve dived headfirst into a swimming pool without um actually no they Valve threw a small child into a swimming pool <coughs> headfirst without checking if they could swim mm-hmm. like they didn't say like okay let's dip you in the water see if you're doing okay do you know how to do this okay you're sure you know how to swim they were like no I'm just gonna throw you in and we'll fish you out with a net if we have to but you know we'll throw you in and let you fend for yourself for a bit. It's worrying, though, how many mistakes Valve is making lately. I mean, with the whole green light thing, and the, and the front page of Steam is an absolute clusterfuck for the last two years. Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that's part of what my whole YouTube channel's built its identity around, is pointing out some of the weird shit that goes up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, with, I mean, again, just briefly on the mod thing, like, like what, what were they expecting? Like, like, mods have been a by-the-community-for-the-community thing for... Well, since inception, since since they ever were a thing, um, we're so used to them being free. We're so used to the workshop being free, um, and that again, like I say, I'm not against the idea of modders being paid. I really do think like a some sort of crowdfunding donation system would be the best route to go. Make it an option, and I do believe people will be passionate enough to freely give. Um, but what were they expecting when they made it a mandatory thing? You can't just rewire the human brain to suddenly be okay with uh, receiving uh, something for free and then being told, actually, we've decided we want money for that now. Um, that's not really how a lot of human consumer minds work to be fair though isn't that how <coughs> patreon works you give people something for free then you ask them to pay for it oh <laughs> no, i know really. i know i'm being i'm being facetious <laughs> yeah but i mean that's part of what i pointed out in my video though like it, it would be extremely hypocritical for me who's someone who is crowdfunded to say that mods deserve no money like modders absolutely deserve mm, money exactly. if there's a way to give it to them but but I'm such a big believer in the Patreon model that I would love to see something like that implemented more for modders mm. than this sort of the mandatory thing. It's it's the difference between paywalling your content and giving people a reliable and trustworthy option to pay you through some sort yeah. of system. It's as I've as I've always built my own sort of Patreon system as it's a wholly optional, fully customizable subscription service. Uh, one you don't have to pay for to get the content, but if you'd like to see the content keep going and, and keep improving, then by all means, like, 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 give me some money, please. <laughs> um, and, and I'd love to see that more for, for mods, and, and it's something I'd like to pay forward as well more. So 
if Steam revisits it, I certainly hope. And let's face it, they're probably going to revisit mm. it, probably with something they've published. What I don't get about Steam Workshop as well is how all the mods work together. Do they have a compatibility hub? Like, you know, the way the Nexus has the Nexus Mod Manager, which makes sure all your mods run correctly together. Does Steam Workshop have an equivalent to that? Not that I'm aware of. They might do, but I've never come across it. <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to revisit it. I know I've got several mods yeah. installed on Skyrim via the Do you workshop. want to know how many mods I have installed on Skyrim? 103. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I got, um, I put a few in and I know I've still got to go back to the Skyrim by committee videos I were doing where people would vote for how I play the game. Mm. Oh god, when I ask for podquisition questions, every week there is at least one person who's like, when's Skyrim by committee coming back? And I'm like, that's not the podquisition really, but thanks for asking. (laughs) I will get to it to answer that at some point. I'll get back to Indigo Prophecy as well, I promise. Um, But it's uh, one episode when I do get back to it, I want people to just sort of suggest in the comments mods on the workshop, and I will install every mod. Um, that is suggested, and it, it will likely just be a clusterfuck. I think you should do Dark Souls by committee. That would be horrifying. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's hard enough to play Skyrim when like one week they make you take like a magic uh, <laughs> stat and something in magic, and the next week they want you to do like heavy armor or something. You know, just these different things. I always find magic kind of useless in Skyrim actually, because you do the same amount of damage as weapons, but with a limited resource rather than an infinite one yeah i've never been a fan i did i tried an illusion build once Mm. that was just almost pure illusion uh, and i do like summoning Mm. like conjuring stuff um but generally like the last time i played properly like before the committee build was like sword shield heavy armor i was just unfucking touchable exactly i was just a walking battle if you're a mage you're squishy you've a limited pool of mana and your spells only do the same damage as smacking someone in the face would anyway i feel like the spells when you're like high level in skyrim should be like you know walking god of destruction level (laughs) well that's actually one of the mods i have installed is a whole bunch of new spells Mm. Um, some of which are really cool. Like mm. there are some really cool uh, spells that modders have added, and I, on the suggestion of the committee um, commenters, I installed it and definitely got a lot more play out of it. Then there's some really powerful stuff that yeah. people have added. Mm. I love the graphical mods; they make it look incredible. I I just use the silly mods that allow me to have um, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Thomas the Tank Engine as variants for dragons because they're both kind of fun. Mm-hmm. The the Thomas see, one is I can adorable. I can see the fun in that as a joke for like five minutes, but like actually playing yeah, the no, game that way would that not no 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 not playing the whole not playing it? the whole game like that. <laughs> it's just it's a good way to spend half an hour messing around and being like ah that's funny. So there we go. That's the controversy of the week done anyway. What else do we mm. want to talk about this week? I've 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 got a I've got a food review. If we Ooh. want to do that, I, I'm yeah, getting back to those food back reviews this week. So weird food I have this week that I was given to review, and I'm not entirely sure what to make of it. Is it is Cornetto brand vanilla chocolate cone, no ice cream included. So, oh my God's sake. so this is a thing you can buy in supermarkets that doesn't come in the freezer, and it's from Cornetto, the people who make the ice creams that are, here's an ice cream cone with some chocolate and things on it. And it's a pack of four tiny ice cream cones that are made of actual, like, um, ice cream cone wafer. And they look like an ice cream, but they're tiny, and they're made out of basically, like, vanilla icing. So it's weird. Like, I'm just having a look at this thing. It's got all the caramelized nuts and the adornment of, like, um, drizzled chocolate and everything on it. It looks like a Cornetto. And then I'm trying to eat it. And basically, it's it's the right taste for a Cornetto, but it is the texture of lukewarm buttercream icing, but a little bit more watery. I don't know why this idea annoys me so much. This idea infuriates me. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, it's not bad. I just, my my mouth doesn't know what to make of it. Weird. Yeah. See, this is what happens. See, I, I always feel like quite melancholy when I hear of these things, as I just remember how much the UK has passed me by since I left. Like, when I hear of celebrities in the UK now, they're no one I remember. 
like <laughs> someone could have like I could if I went back to the UK tomorrow and watched Have I Got News for You from like a, a more recent series, I probably wouldn't recognize any of the panelists. I mean, that was true back when I watched it when I was a kid as well. But now yeah. I feel really <laughs> sad about it. Oh, yeah. This is the UK has done some weird things since you've been gone, Jim. And this is chief among them. I don't understand what the purpose of this is. Apparently these also come in variants that are just like, here's a magnum that has no ice cream in it. It's it's full of icing. Have fun. They, they do mini milks like this. They do mini milks that are white chocolate on a stick filled with icing. Maybe it's because, maybe they're just preparing for global warming. <laughs> it's just this is all we'll be able to have once the Hubble ozone layer well, fucks. It's, it's, I guess it's nice that I can have something that vaguely tastes like a Cornetto when I'm not near a freezer. I, I suppose, yeah. I mean, if you, if you really want to carry Cornettos around with you all day, but you don't want them to melt in your satchel. And you're okay with them being tiny. <laughs> yeah, like really tiny, pointless Cornettos. <laughs> uh, I suppose that's something for you. So, um, speaking, so. speaking of food, <gasps> on Saturday, Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing Deadlands, um, sort of the pen and paper up Savage Worlds RPG, and my friend, bastard that he is, didn't warn me beforehand, just suddenly popped out and started drinking a caffeine-free Monster Energy. What? Those exist? That was my reaction. I was both furious that I wasn't aware sooner, and overjoyed that I now know. <laughs> And I've been buying them, um, because as as we've noticed on uh, noted on prior episodes, I gave up the whole caffeine thing and feeling much better for it. Um, so when I discovered that, I was so happy. I mean, is that I not was just like in... replacing cancer with AIDS, though? Good point and true. <laughs> I mean, there's so much sugar in those that, like, I mean, your bones will rot from the inside. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, but the caffeine itself won't be the problem. With the caffeine gone, the answer is to just fill it with even more sugar. So it's probably way worse for me than the yeah, stuff I was drinking because I was on the Still, like that's what I was the sugar free one. Probably worse than caffeine. <laughs> probably. It's, is um, it is it at least like hitting that craving for you where you're no longer craving the caffeine because you're having something that your body thinks, oh yeah, this had caffeine in it back in the day. Well, I've kind of kicked. I've I've done very well actually in replacing the ritualistic need for like Monster Energy and and, and caffeinated coffee with water, um, because I kind of discovered it really was more a routine thing than than anything else. So I just kind of. If I always make sure I've got like a big cup of water on my desk, that mitigates a lot of it. Uh, the monster thing, I, I've been taking some of this, as they call it, monster energy unleaded. Um, I'm probably not going to do what I did with the uh, originals and just chug one a die, because that will probably kill me. Um, especially since these are not the, the carb-free ones that I was drinking. So, But it is nice to just have that option now, if, you know, if I'm if I'm at game day or something and just want something nice in my fat belly, Aww. then I can do that. But but yeah, I mean the actual caffeine giving up thing is good um, on the I, decaf stuff. I'm well aware that I should probably do the cutting out caffeine thing at some point. Um, now being in my first month of being a full time editor somewhere, that doesn't feel like a smart thing to do now. But at some point, when I'm not working eighteen hour days, maybe I should probably <laughs> think about doing the same. <laughs> yeah, that was always my problem with it. It's like I want to, I want to quit. But then I'd have a headache when I need so to do so much work. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, update on the Cornetto. It does have the chocolate at the bottom of the cone like it's supposed to. Well, that that's good. Otherwise, yeah. I would, yeah. I'd fly on a plane over there and just sort of burn down in Iceland. It's, mm. it's not solid chocolate. It's more like the consistency of like a Nutella spread or something like that. Huh. But, I was about to get all yeah. like, hipster judgy about your addictions, and then I realized I haven't had a beer in an entire week and started craving a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I just mentioned Iceland. Do they still have those stores in the UK? Yeah, they do. They're they're thinning out a bit. They um they get advertised by a lot of C-list celebrities, but they do still have Iceland. Because I know they got rid of Woolworths a few years back. Woolworths is coming back. Is it? Yeah, this huh. week there was news on it like two days ago that Woolworth stores are being brought back to the high streets. Holy shit. Oh, will they bring back the pick and mix in there? Yeah, they've been gone for like six years and I missed them. They were an institution and they're coming back apparently. Have you guys ever seen quantity. their um their building in New York? We, we went there a couple uh, no. of years ago and turned a corner and saw this 
amazing monstrosity of a building that looked like Sauron's like fucking barred door. And I was like, what is that building? And, uh, looked it up and it's the Woolworths building. It's worth looking up because it's, it's beautiful, but it's very imposing and ugly as well. It's like something out of a fantasy RPG. Sorry. Completely <laughs> irrelevant tangent there. <laughs> oh, no, that, well, I mean, it was relevant yeah. because we were talking about yeah. Woolworths. Yeah. Um, no, that was a staple of my childhood because they had a. They always had the the best toy section on the high street, um, outside of an actual toy store, and you go in and get mini Boglins. It was great. <laughs> mini Boglins. I'm having a look at the Woolworth building in New York, and that is a bit of a monster of a skyscraper. It looks like there should Isn't be an it? evil villain sat at the top of the very top floor. Yeah. Just lording over everything he surveys. It's an amazing building. It's like five minutes walk down the uh, the, uh, the road from the World Trade Center site, apparently. Yep. Yeah, so. I expect to, I want there to be a ladder at the side of this building that drops down, and as you climb up it, you hear the cleric beast screaming in the background. <laughs> yeah, it, pretty, it does look like something out of fucking Bloodborne, doesn't it? <laughs> it doesn't help that the only pictures of it I can find are like black and white pictures that make it just look slightly more eerie than it should. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's bright pink in real life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So what else do we have this week to talk about? Um, I have a thing to talk about. I don't know if either of you have looked at this, but I played Broken Age Act 2 this week. I still haven't tried I... the first one. It doesn't really appeal to me, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, I will try and keep my thoughts on this brief, but... Um, I was a big proponent of the first act of Broken Age. I thought that Broken Age Act 1 was a very well-paced um, point-and-click adventure game that did a lot of interesting things with um, with unexpected character choices and well-written narrative, and it ended on this fantastic cliffhanger of an ending that entirely flipped the first act on its head. It made you want to go and replay that first act straight over. It completely changed the lens through which you view that story and for me it was one of my like game of the year discussion games last year it was one of my absolute favorite things of the year and the only thing that tempered my praise was there's a second half of this narrative coming and we haven't seen it yet and my praise is going to be largely dependent on how it sticks the landing and unfortunately it doesn't stick the landing it really doesn't um Act 2 of Broken Age has... How do I put this? Its narrative loses something, definitely, based on the fact that you are revisiting a lot of characters and areas from the first act with very little new to discover other than a different lens through which to view them, which it's kind of already done as a trick with its Act 1 finale. And... Then considering considering the, the controversial history of the game, I would imagine that is really going to rub some fans up the wrong way, reusing yes, areas definitely. and assets. Well, like I understand the intention there was, hey, you're now you've your characters have switched places, taking one or two tools with them. Now you can go do a whole host of different things in that area with those same assets, and it's like, hey, we hid all these extra puzzles in this world. And you just didn't have the tools in Act One to to deal with them. I get that. That so they the tried to do a, like a Metroidvania with the adventure thing, but they they did. But like something is definitely lost by like the the first act had a lot of this sort of surprise, and it was constantly keeping you off, uh, keeping you on your toes. And this just didn't have that same sense. Um, and then the biggest problem for the narrative is that for a narrative in Act One that was. It was very surprising, just both on a character level and on like the entire plot narrative level, it was constantly surprising. Act 2 ends in an incredibly predictable way that does not fit with the characters they've set up and completely reduces the characters down to the most predictable, boring ending you can give them. And there is zero resolution to its plot. Its plot ends with, hey... These people had a very predictable moment. Let's forget about the fact that everyone still wants to murder us and that there's this whole like world-changing thing still going on. That somehow goes away because of our predictable ending that we did. And there's just no resolution. And like, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but there is no resolution to the ending of that story in the worst possible way. Isn't that kind of a... a, a 
I don't mean to be getting at Tim Schafer, but hasn't that kind of happened in his work before? The games start off fantastic. And I'll use Brutal Legend as an example. The ending of that game was nothing. There, it was a complete well, non-ending. This this was not even nothing. This was like, I can see that five minutes down the road from here, there is a good conclusion. But you've cut it off here for no apparent reason and failed to let me see a conclusion that like I can see where it would go. I can see that there would be a cool conclusion over there, but you're just going to cut it off here and I don't get why. And, oh god, by far the biggest problem. Like, I play a lot of point-and-click adventure games. I I understand that sometimes puzzles are a bit obtuse and you have to brute force past them. That is a thing of that genre. But Broken Age Act 2 takes that way too far. Um, I know seven... I think about seven critics that contacted me while we were doing reviews in our three-week window that all got stuck on the same same puzzle and had to get a walkthrough to finish our reviews. And the problem is that there is like a pair of puzzles that stopped us from progressing on either path. One of them is a puzzle that's like, "Hey, you did this right. Here's a solution." Like, how do I t- how do I talk about this? There is a puzzle where you have to wait while something is happening to you in order to get a solution to a puzzle. And then it tells you, okay, you got the solution, do this to escape the situation now, because you've got the solution. You have to ignore a minute and a half of the game signposting you, hey, you know you got a solution? Yeah, just walk away now, because you got the solution. And just wait and wait and wait to get a second solution out of a puzzle. And the other side that stops people is you do some puzzle solving and you find a map and it's hidden just enough that you assume oh this map is the solution to what I've been trying to do turns out no the map is an entire red herring that means nothing and is for some reason hidden at the end of a of, of like a puzzle chain so that you'll think it's a solution but the solutions actually get someone to play some music and try and work out how that music applies to a map because god forbid see- it be the, the solution that makes sense it's the fucking like no that was too easy. Go find a more obtuse, less fitting solution to the puzzle. The night is back game. again. <laughs> also, I never want to wire a fucking robot ever again. It made me wire robots for half that fucking game. I think Tim is uh. kind of similar to Peter Molyneux in that he's kind of brilliant, but just needs an editor. He needs someone to say, this isn't working, or someone to play test and go, no, you know, with mm. certain, with certain yeah. ideas. There are many sort of famous developers who need that, like David Cage being another. Also, I should just point out, I've just realized that for the first half of this show, I had forgotten that I need to wear headphones. <laughs> so That's I'm actually going uh, to edit in an apology at the beginning um, so that the viewers know, but the listeners what? know. But at this point, the listeners can hear me apologizing to them right now. I'm sorry, listeners. Uh, my parts <laughs> probably sound really fucking echoey, and I'm sorry um, for that. I will say, through Skype, it's not sounding too bad. So worst case scenario, I can pull yeah. your track from our call recorder that we use, and it should sound okay. So sure, right, I'll, I'll do my editing magic, Jim. Here's a fun piece of useless mu- music trivia for you. You know when um, people are on stage and the microphone rings, it goes... Uh, that's the reason that that happens, is when the sound gets fed back on itself. And that's why it's called feedback. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there I you go. These yeah. Things, yeah. That's why you don't, be another why Gavin's you don't music put the microphone near the speakers. Because it'll go... You get a nice infinity loop going. Yep. Well, in in my parts of the recording, b- before I f- remember to put my headphones in, my microphone is right next to my speaker. <laughs> so, Yay. so that's fun. Well, it it doesn't seem to be picking it up too badly yeah, no, somehow. I so I think feedback. we'll be okay. Uh, it should be all right. We'll, we'll I've got see. the the echo guard mm-hmm. up and everything, so it should be should be minimal. But uh, just warning, listeners, you may experience a little bit of. A little bit of oddness, but... Not if I do my job right, you won't. If I do my job right, you'll never know. And the only reason you'll know is because Jim went on about it for a while in the middle, and you'll all be like, "What is? what's he on about? There's nothing wrong with his recording. And he'll have needlessly pointed it out. Me and my anxieties. Um, uh, cool. So, what... Ooh! 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 That wasn't me just being a monkey. Um, <laughs> D4 is coming to PC. Which means we might actually see all the episodes in the West, hooray! Yep, 
Um, I can't talk <laughs> too much about it yet. Um, he says, as he um, implies, he knows I, about it. Yeah, I I also can't say too much ab- about it because I know some things, but. I know, because um, Swery told me that you know some things. Oh, um, Swery told me that I know some things. Okay. Well, he, he, okay. he named the um, other outlets he's been talking to, but okay, um, the yeah. Gymquisition, com is going to have its very first interview, probably one and only, because I don't normally <laughs> do, I don't do traditional games yeah. media anymore, um, but it's Swery. Like, yeah. I, I can't say no to his lovely little face. Oh, Swery's lovely. He follows me on Twitter, and I got so excited about that till I realised he follows everyone on Twitter. He follows like a hundred thousand people. <laughs> but I felt so excited. He that does he like politics. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's really nice and I've got a really cool interview coming up and I know that, you know, y'all have, have been talking and everything. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, all the info's coming out very soon and I am really excited and really happy for him because, yeah. I mean, just limiting it to Xbox One and having it a Connect only thing, especially after mm. Microsoft ditched Connect as a, yeah. as a pack-in. Well, like, that game didn't, like, especially because Microsoft was so quiet with it. Like, they just silently threw the game up without an announcement and blindsided. Yeah. It's a fantastic game that is incredibly fucking weird. And like it's so weird that with no promotion, Connect only, just after Connect was removed from the system, it was never going to, to work out, was it? It's just Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean it's it, all yeah. okay, but it clearly it, wasn't what people yeah. wanted. It wasn't selling well enough to justify its continuation in the West which is a real shame, and I'm glad that it's being given another shot on PC. Yeah, I mean, if anyone's going to appreciate that kind of game, then the PC market's it. Yes. Um, definitely more, a, a better place for I, it, I think. I will definitely be talking about it on Podquisition once it comes out on PC, because mm-hmm. I am very excited to be able to introduce people who aren't aware of it to the joys of a man that has a dressed-up mannequin with him on a plane, and a big, beefy man who has nosebleeds all the time, and yeah. Boston the man. I love the I do love the um the mannequin guy. Oh, and um, the weird cat girl. The cat girl oh. and uh Philip the the um the air steward dude. Oh, like just yeah. all the characters are the, so the good. The cast of that game is so fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to actually, you know, fingers crossed get a real resolution for it and, and some other stuff that's coming. So yeah. So I'm excited. And what I really love most about D4 is it proves that Swery was not a one trick pony. Like, I feared that maybe he um, would either not quite know why Deadly Premonition was so popular, uh, or know why and go too far with it, and, like, do what Tommy Wiseau does now and just kind of hams it up. But no, he was just sweary being sweary, and it's so natural, and it's still brilliant. To me, D4 is the perfect example of sweary, like, looking at Deadly Premonition and understanding perfectly what people liked about it and what were the, like, the barriers to people getting invested in it and what the problems were. And he was like, right, let's strip it down to just the things people liked. Let's cut out a lot of what were problems. And he really did refine, like, the sweary style on on D4, and I think that's fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I think he's a really like like because you see his Twitter feed and he uh, he talks in you know he's he's obviously got the the broken English that he tweets in and everything uh, and even then like he just says weird oddball things a lot uh, and and you get this sense that he's like kind of like this uh, sort of nutty eccentric dude but you can also like if you when you speak to him and when he gets serious and talks about his games like you can see a guy who's really really quite introspective and and intelligent in what he does and just he knows what he's doing like that that's the difference between him and a lot of these sort of shitty spoof games that sort of come out these days that are like we're funny because we're satire lol here's a meme uh like this is a guy who clearly has studied his craft and knows why the shit he does is funny and scary when it needs to be and 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 thrillery when it needs to be uh he he's one of those guys who uh i guess I, i can't find a good term for it but he's the sort of dude who you look at him and you don't really assume much of him and kind of has that kind of hidden depth to him, uh, which really comes through in his games. I think what I mean to say is just that Deadly Premonition wasn't an accident, and, and that's yeah. awesome. And I very much hope that D4 getting a second lease of life on PC will hopefully mean that we get to continue seeing sweary things in the future, which 
you know, I'm excited about. So what else do we have to talk about this week? Anything that anyone found interesting? Mm. Um, let's see. I mean, I've really not done much this. Well, I mean, I've I've been working, but nothing, nothing too podcast worthy. Mm. I played. Uh, I've been playing State of Decay, the uh, the Year One Survival Edition. Uh, it's it's just State of Decay again. I mean, I, I really love State of Decay, uh, but I'm certainly finding myself as I play it more and more siding with the kind of not as angry as some of the negative reviewers on Steam, but certainly seeing their points as valid. Where it's like this this really could have been a patch. Um, it's offering you know a 1080p resolution, um, and on PC you know I've got a fucking 1440 monitor and it doesn't go that high, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 you know it's got some little extras and stuff, but but yeah I mean it's it's just it's state of decay. I mean yay I I I'm enjoying playing it again. I'm enjoying the excuse to play it again, but I don't know if I could recommend people who already played the other ones, especially if they already have the DLC to. Uh, to really sort of rush out and get it. Mm. Yeah. On that topic, right. actually, I've been playing more of um, Scholar of the First Sin, the Dark Souls 2 remaster. And oh, yeah. At first, I really disliked it. I thought they mm. had um, artificially upped the difficulty by adding in more enemies. And at the beginning of the game, I stand by that. I think they did artificially up the difficulty. But once you get over that initial difficulty spike, it's kind of a new game compared to the first version, and I really like it. It's it's actually really grown on me now. So um, I would say it's probably the better version of the two, actually, which I really didn't expect to happen after hating the intro to it so much. I still can't get into it. Like mm-hmm. I've tried. Like I haven't even like I've I haven't even gotten past the first boss, like the big armor dude. Um, the amount of times I'm like blocking or rolling and just get knocked off a ledge. <laughs> like, I didn't fall off ledges that much in fucking Blight Town, mm. let alone the first 20 minutes of that game. And I just, I just can't. Maybe once I finally, you know, really f- finished with, with Bloodborne, because I'm still, I'm still in New Game Plus and I still can't put it down. Maybe when I get truly sick of that and when I finally beat. You know, Dark it's Souls, such a, and I'm desperate. I might go yeah. back, but I can't make myself. It's play such it a different pace to Bloodborne. You have to almost retrain yourself to play in a more calm and measured way, rather than yeah. the more frantic. Uh, speaking of, I got my Bloodborne uh, guidebook. It is such a snazzy looking guidebook. Yeah, I finally got mine yeah. too. I'm, uh, I was impressed with it. It was. It's nicely paced. It's. It's hard to follow sometimes, but that's just because of how densely they packed yeah. it. Like, just the amount of maps and So much and lore. Things. So much really cool mm-hmm. lore. Um, the thing I really appreciate is the flowchart of NPC interactions. Yeah. That, so, so that you, you know all the weird, like, the stuff that you really do need a guide for. Like, like doing Eileen's quest yeah. or, or doing... I still, even with that, I fucked yeah, up. Yeah, she I, dies I, in my fucking game every time, man. <laughs> that fight against the other hunter that she has to do. Oh yeah. But um, um, t- sorry, totally off topic. We got a Black Ops Three trailer this week as well, which looks pretty interesting. Uh, Did we? I thought it was Deus Ex. That's original. Did you yeah, see lo- that Deus Ex of- posted up a picture of uh, the cat looking at the Deus Ex monitor to directly addressed at Call of Duty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I think it looks fun. I've really enjoyed the last two uh, Black Ops mm. campaigns, so I think this oh, one's going to be fun Ops as well. Is, yeah, I mean, Black Ops for me has been the only part of Call of Duty I've enjoyed for the past few years. Mm. Like, I, I did not like Advanced Warfare, and I thought Ghosts was just so dire. Yeah, Ghosts was But bad. Black Ops, yeah, Black Ops I've always liked. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I played, I actually, I had to re, had to, get my bearing had to review the pc version of the first black ops and that got a low score because the pc version was shit but the campaign i really liked mm-hmm. and the campaign of black ops 2 and and the the, the online for that one enjoyed immensely and treyarch have had three uh, and, years to do this one which is mm-hmm. hopefully yeah i mean enough. treyarch have really turned black ops into its own thing mm-hmm. to where i wouldn't i honestly wouldn't mind them dropping the call of duty bit i know mm-hmm. why they won't mm-hmm. but it would have been cool because it deserves to be its own thing i feel mm-hmm. yeah um and yeah, there's ex- they've always tried. They, th- whereas I feel that the Infinity Ward side of things, um, 
only sort of pay lip service to changing up the formula. Mm-hmm. Treyarch seems to genuinely care and genuinely yeah. try to change up what well, they're you, doing and you do look something at the, interesting. You look at the trailer for this new one and it looks very Titanfall-esque. It's like, yeah, we've got this series that was doing well and everyone liked it. We could have rested on our was like, no, we're going to make it a futuristic Black Ops with all our Whoa. sort of jetpacky things going on. And I think that looks really cool. I'm excited for more Black Ops that to be fair, is kind of to like Titanfall-y. To be fair, Black Ops 2 was very futuristic as well. It just didn't have the jetpacks. Yeah, I mean, it I really like the, the way the weapons stuff. operated yeah. in uh, in Black Ops 2. Yeah. Like, they had some really awesome weapons and devices and things, and the the little tower defense-style optional missions, I thought they were really cool, mm-hmm. the ones that were kind of part strategy. Um, and it looks like they're doing interesting things with this. I mean, okay, they may be copying Deus Ex in a few ways. Uh, like, that trailer was so reminiscent of some of the live-action trailers they did for Human Revolution. Yeah, like, it, it wasn't really even funny, was, but... Yeah. But you know what? If you're going to copy something, copy the best. Yeah. And Well, to be fair, when they released that gameplay trailer, I mean, it's it's Call of Duty 100%, yeah. Yeah. but with jetpacks, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's like, um, it's, it's which Advance not, Wars was, but I feel then. that Treyarch's actually going to do it well. I feel like it's probably not going to focus on stealth and atmosphere in the same way that Deus Ex does, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, not at all, yeah. Um, I, don't I also realised I called Advanced Warfare Advanced Wars. Uh, which is a totally different game. Um, <laughs> the, but I'm the, excited. The other cool news about Black Ops uh, 3 is your main uh, protagonist in the campaign, you can choose to have a fully voiced female uh, soldier if you want. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was uh, um, going to lead into there. I'm excited for that. It's, uh, I like the idea. I mean, I don't know how customizable the character is going to be, mm. but considering that the main characters in those games have always more or less just been fucking, you know, John Doe's, mm. like total. Uh, Captain Price they, they was great. They couldn't be though. anyone. <laughs> I'm, I, Captain I, Price was great, but then he was never really a like a, and a what's point the guy, of view protagonist. What's the guy Gary Oldman plays? Uh, Reznov in, Ble- in, Ble- in the Black Ops mm. series. He's a great character. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I won't deny they've had good characters, mm. but the, the, the majority of the playable ones mm. have yeah. always just been sort of mm. more like, like, like mm. player avatars than yeah. actual Delib- guys. Deliberately, so, I think. Yeah, deliberately, but I think that's why, why the customizable thing works so well, yeah. because you might yeah. as well at this point. Yeah. Exactly. I'm very happy that this news has happened. Predictably, there's been a lot of, why are you going to have women characters? Can't they tell the story they want to tell with game? Why are you making game developers add women? A lot of that's been going on. but Which is I... weird, because I don't think anyone made them do it. Exactly, and it's like, well, it's like, hey... No one made them do it, and it doesn't take away your man character. So, you know, I'm happy that there's more choice. I'm very happy to see this. Even if it's going to essentially it, be yeah. nothing, I'm happy that it's there. Yeah, I mean, they, and they've been, you know, they, they've been trying to be more inclusive with the multiplayer aspect as well. And, and I, I, I Battlefront will let you have, uh, Lady Stormtroopers if you want. And, you know, my f- views on this is just, why the fuck not? Mm. You know, why not? Who's exactly. it hurting? Well, at, no, this stage, not? at this stage, it's it's you know there are women in the army, and it's just you know why not? Like exactly, I don't think it's caving to pressure or social justice <laughs> warriors or anything. I just think it's you know it's doing it like it is in real life. There aren't as many women in the army, but there are women in the army. Like you know, indeed, <laughs> there's yeah. sure a lot. There's women in our <laughs> army. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, if you want to, if if this is taking place in the future, you can only imagine that it would be even more normalized there as things progress. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, it's, I, I, you know, they, they, every time you have a playable woman in a fucking game, now they complain that people aren't being allowed to tell the stories they want to tell. But I really think if you're doing this modern war thing, then th- th- that's exactly the story they want to tell because mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, silly. People, and with that, that's probably a good place for us to wrap up this week because I've got to run away and go do some yes. journalism somewhere. Yes. So you're not you, getting you your hour and know. twenty minutes today. You're only getting an hour. Boo! Ah, no. Ah, oh. Um. Okay. Yeah. So, so no time for questions this week, sadly. Uh, but do keep them a common. Well, we'll do lots um, of questions next week to make up for it. I'm very sorry. I'll, I've put some. It, yes. I've put some aside this week, so some of this week's questions will end up next week, and I'll ask for some more and stuff. 
Well, that's good. So, so don't worry. We'll do bumper questions next week. Uh, but Laura does have to run off and interview uh, the chemical romance man. Uh, so <laughs> that's it, Laura. Um, while people wait for next week's episode, where else can they see you? Um, Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Patreon, everything. Give me money. Give me followers. Whoop whoop. <laughs> and uh, Gavin. Uh, you can you, you can, music. You can find my uh, disco-infused Nickelback covers on YouTube <laughs> as Miracle of Sound, and you can find me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound. And actually, follow me this week, guys. I know there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast. If all of you li- followed me on Twitter, you would double my Twitter followers in a day. <laughs> so you, go and follow if, me. If, if 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 everyone from who listened to this followed me, I'd have like three to four times the followers in a day. So everyone, yeah. come come follow me. I I, follow I do us. more of this stuff. Them? We're we're even They're funnier really on, on Twitter, Twitter because we actually have time to plan out what we're going to say. <laughs> so yes, if you want a pre-scripted banter, and Laura, from Laura doesn't Laura, do interrupt my tweets. <laughs> I, I'm going to start doing that this week. I will try. <laughs> I'll just jump into uh, your conversations and be like, "No, I'm talking now." <laughs> As for me, you know where I am, uh, so we're going to go now. Uh, thank you all for listening. As always, thank you for supporting the show and doing all that you do. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Awesome.